A.K.A. Responsible, proper, social distance shit-talking from spare bedrooms across exurban Atlanta. Welcome to the Godless Heathens Podcast, everybody. Thanks for listening. I'm Don. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jerry. This is a podcast by atheists that talks about a lot of things, not just atheism. We will challenge your assumptions and ours, too. Definitely not here to preach to the atheist choir, but to critique, ridicule, and poke fun at anyone, especially ourselves. So join us as we examine the crossroads of politics and religion from the secular perspective. And remember to put on your critical thinking cap when listening to this podcast or any other so-called podcast. Episode 115! (laughs) And we're back! Yay, the three are back. And uh, in tonight's episode, we're going to discuss, shall the fundies win? Why is the sentence structured like that? Like, it seems very biblical. Like, what does that mean, shall they win? It, it is biblical because, well, the, the true phrase is from a, um, a sermon given in 1922, 100 oh, years shit, ago. Oh, shit, way back into the way, way back, back machine. 100 years ago. <laughs> by a, uh, at the time, liberal Protestant pastor called uh, Harry Emerson Fosdick. And the Fuckstick? <laughs> Fosdick. I'm sure he was ridiculed. <laughs> In school with that Oh, last he hung out name. with me and my friends. We would call him. He, he would be Fuckstick. Everybody would know him as Fuckstick. Or Fuzzy Dick or something. Yeah, yeah something, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, the, the official title was Shall the Fundamentalists Win? Of course, that's how they talked okay. back in the in the 20s. A hundred years ago, back in the day. Back in the day when they, when they spoke the proper English. But where I, this kind of triggered me is, so I still follow... A Christian, a progressive Christian historian whose name is Diana Butler Bass. She is, uh, you know, met her during the emergent church days, and she's one of the few that I still follow and subscribe to her newsletter and stuff because I find a lot of her stuff interesting. She's one of those names that I'm familiar with because I know you. Ah, okay. Otherwise, you would have never. <laughs> no, I would have right. no idea who she was. Right. If I, if me, if, yeah, me and you weren't friends. I, she would not be on my radar. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, she was in on the beginnings of the emerging church movement, you know, with Brian McLaren and Doug Paget and a few others. So she goes, she goes way back on that. But anyway, so this this article she posted that kind of tweaked my interest was, it's the hundredth anniversary of that sermon that was given, and and what what it basically was is kind of throwing down the gauntlet. This is a time when you know this is. Shortly after the Scopes Monkey Trial, and I can't remember exactly what date that was, but it's around that same kind of time where the, a lot of the people in, in the, um, uh, the more evangelical stream of things threw down their gauntlet about creationism. In other words, we didn't come from monkeys. Of course, we have a uh, prospective senator, Herschel Walker, that is kind of this uh, same kind of Scopes Monkey Trial guy, too. Why are there still monkeys? Why are there still monkeys, which is, yeah. which is kind of the great question. So that's where, you know, the fundamentalists saw science starting to encroach on their Bible, mm-hmm. but they weren't called fundamentalists at the time. That, that kind of came a little bit later. But so they started saying that this is what real Christianity is, and anybody that doesn't believe in this is no longer considered a Christian. So that this And that was more literal translation or interpretation of the Bible? Yes, yeah, which okay. had been going on for some time. Mm-hmm. That, you know, that's how we got slavery, was that literal inter- interpretation. Because it condones it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, God, God said it was okay, so we're good with that. So that was his pushback about why are they being so intolerant. And so as I, I actually read the, the sermon, and that was kind of the flavor of it, is why can't we all get along? I'm, I'm you know, not doing a, a lot of justice. You could, you could find the sermon online. But, you know, kind of his opening paragraph uh, quoted from, I think it was in the book of Acts, where um, one of the Jewish 
guy says, refrain from these men and let them alone, for if this counsel or this work of men, it will be overthrown. But if it is of God, you'll not be able to overthrow them. So in other words, let them go. And, you know, if it's of God, then it'll work out. And if it's if it's not, then it won't. So, so how would that work out for any of them? Yeah. Mm, that's kind of kind of my point is it didn't work out real good and and we've had a history i say we you know my roots mm-hmm. were in the mainline church of this tolerance and you know this this tolerance supposedly worked for a number of decades well, well luckily all that happened a hundred years ago and it never happened again never is, is right the moral right. Of the story you're telling us right right well like i said so it kind of went underground for a while and the mainline churches were dominant up until mm-hmm. Started in the in the fifties where things started to go off the rails. And like one of the first things that started it off was was the John Birch Society, which I, I just finished up a book reading the history on that. And that was kind of like you you talk about the QAnon, the Tea Party of its day, the, yeah, of it of its day. But see, it's still going on now. So I mean, it's basically nothing's changed. Uh-oh. You know, it was a very re- religious organization and very you know intolerant it was anti-civil rights it was you know anti so they they went along with uh, McCarthy you know the the um, anti-communist guy from yeah the Red Scare the Red Scare thing they bought all into that everybody was a communist in their in their viewpoint well that's who if I understand it correctly John Birch he was the first person to die fighting communism. Right, in China. Okay. Right. And yeah. so it was named after him. I can't remember yeah. the name of the founder right off the top of my head. But Jenny, anyway. Jenny Thomas's family were big John Birchers. Jenny Thomas? Mm-hmm. Okay. Wife but, yeah. of wife of Clarence. Clarence Thomas. Like their family oh, big John Birchers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, that tracks. That's so you makes know like sense. Makes total right. sense. Like you could put her whole personality and persona in perspective, probably that way. Yeah, I mean, so that that organization's really not ever gone away. It's no. you know kind of went underground, kind of you know out of the spotlight, but its roots are deep and it's still going on. Its best days are behind it. It's still around. It's not around, but its spirit is everywhere. Yeah, it's influenced everything. Yes, I- I'm surprised when you say shall the fundamentalists win. Well, yeah, they won. Mm-hmm. They they won. Big and time. They're continuing to win. So much winning. And and when they don't win, or when they didn't win prior, they never stopped. Like, they never gave up. Right. They kept organizing. They kept working towards towards that goal. And now it's, we're going to, if we don't win, we're going to capture the election in any way... Yeah. We possibly can. Right. By hook or by crook. And to go back to the to the premise, did they win because nobody took them seriously? Well, and I think that was kind of the thing is during the time, you know, from the 19, this 1922 up until the late 50s, going into the 60s, Evangelical churches, you know, were not that powerful, and but you know they were under the radar. They were still growing. They were moving from the south, you know, which is kind of the birthplace of fundamentalism during the Civil War, etc. And it moved west. It it kind of got into Southern California and you know influenced the the west dramatically. Um, but the other big um, footing they got was in the 70s when the religious right, you know, the Jerry Falwells and the Francis Schaeffers. Moral majority. Moral majority. Those people. And that's also the time that they co- uh, combined with the Catholic Church on the abortion issue, knowing that that would be a way to get power, to get the votes. Um, and then the, the article I sent you guys was on the Southern Baptist Church, where it decided to go hard fundamentalist in 1985. So you see these steps of going back and back and back to, you know, root fundamentalism. In other words, you can't get much more fund- fundamentalist than, yeah. than than what they're doing. And so during all this time, you know, these little transitions, what did the mainline church do to combat it? Um, basically, nothing. 
Um, one thing that I recall is like during the 1960s was in the seminaries, the progressive seminaries, like right here at Emory, there was a, 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 a professor called Thomas J.J. Altizer who wrote a book called uh, The Death of God Theology, kind of realizing that it made no sense that there was a, a God in, that was involved in the world. In other words, a God that you would pray to and that would actually be involved in our lives. That um, would supersede in, in our affairs on our behalf. Right, right, yeah. yeah. Or, you know, the God in the sky that was angry if we didn't do things right. You know, everything that the religious— So he was saying that there is a God. It's more, more the God that spun the top and walked away and just let it spin. Well, I, he never really made a conclusion okay. there. But, I mean, it okay. could have been to a deist form of, of God. Okay. But anyway, so— but that never got traction, and one of the reasons why is because that was right when you know the Cold War was going on. That was when the John Birch Society was pushing back against communism. Mm-hmm. So that information that was going on in the seminaries never got out to the to the pews, and even if it did, I don't know how much influence it would have had. So I mean, you know, that that was one opportunity they had to kind of deflate the power of God. You know, is is to say that while there might be a some kind of a higher power is not the kind of God that is theistic in nature, the one that can intervene. Interventionist God, I guess, is the way I'm looking for it. And then the other attempt was in the mid-'80s, and that kind of corresponds to the mid-'80s when the Southern Baptist Church was doing its, its thing. Um, there was an organization called the Jesus Seminar where these guys were trying to take what was going on in the um, universities, the seminaries, you know, all this... Uh, biblical critical uh, or critical biblical scholarship, you know, where they were kind of discussing that, you know, if, if Jesus existed, maybe he wasn't, um, you know, a, a virgin birth. Maybe it wasn't, um, you know, he wasn't, you know, maybe gone up to heaven. Maybe come back. And, you know, and, and maybe Paul didn't write, uh, yeah. you know, the things, all that kind of stuff. But that also never got traction in the mainline yeah. congregations because I think the pastors were afraid of losing more people. So every step of the way is in the mainline churches. But there's no answers. You can, I don't want to say navel gaze. When you take the, the sacred book and the idea of God and you start putting it through like a college philosophy class and not come to a conclusion... Like not come to, or if you do come to a conclusion, it's maybe not 180 degrees away from what they believe in, but it's far enough to far enough away to 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 not really have an audience or satisfy anyone, and that's very difficult to preach. Well, and especially this pastor Fostick in his sermon was kind of introducing those ideas. It's been going on since the 1800s, 1700s, actually, even in Germany, you know, where they question the virgin birth and they question Jesus's literal coming back, et cetera, et cetera. He, he puts that stuff in there. So it's nothing, it was nothing new back then. And, but the problem is it never gained traction in the pews. But you take away the virgin birth, you take away the resurrection, you take away the miracles, and, and what are you left with? I mean, what, what do you get them in the door with? What, what packs them in on Sunday? The moral teachings of Jesus, like the teachings of Buddha, I guess. Oh, fuck off with that. I mean, we can, <laughs> I can get that from the three little pigs or, you know, or anything else. I don't need to get up, get dressed, go somewhere, and, and give a portion of my income for you know, moral philosophy. Right, but that's not, I mean, you're not going to... I'm trying to keep my ass out of hell, people. You're you know? not, you're not going to anyway, but the yeah. people that would, yeah. like, that's not a... Whew, how many minutes in? Talking about messaging. But <laughs> it's not a... It's, well, I mean, seriously, like, what, what, kind, of, what kind of message is it? And, exactly. and And to what end? And the one thing that the, the fundamentalists give or provide... Is certainty. Yeah. And it's, it's it's black and white. There's no gray when it comes to fundamentalism. It's this, that, this, that, and then, you know. Yeah, and if you don't believe in this and that, yeah, then exactly. here's the door. Yeah. You either measure up or you don't. It's 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 a pass fail. There is there there is there is no gray. Although you have evangelical churches like Andy Stanley's that try to walk that line. In other words, they they try to have people come into their main auditorium and get a fluffy message 
I mean, and that's kind of an example of how you would navigate that, you know, how you can get a positive message kind of based on the Bible. He'll toss in verses here and here and there, but he's not preaching, you know, anti-abortion. He's not preaching anti-trans or anti-trans. Yeah. Uh, he uh, might be. I don't I mean, have any he idea. Might be, I mean, who, we've been one we time. Know? He didn't bring it up the time we were there. I, right. You, you're, I think you have your finger on the pulse a little more. Is he the anti-LGBTQ no. type preacher uh, uh, that? The only way you find that out, and I think, or does he, or does he just skirt the subject? He skirts and, and, it. And, okay. He skirts then it. Then he's, then he can fuck off with the rest of. Them. All right. He, he's well, he's uh, not coming out as an ally. Oh God. So if you're not an ally, you're an enemy already. God, I hate that. God, I hate that. This is not the capacity that it's usually discussed in. But it's like inventing ways to separate people. No, but he knows where the third rail is. If that's his third rail, then if he can't give his happy-go-lucky Sunday morning message with not avoiding that third rail, he's, he's going to avoid that rail. Right, but like, in, in the, and I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not defending Andy Stanley. But you, you didn't you didn't show up tonight to defend Andy. I wasn't it wasn't on the rundown. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a a defense as much as it is like his method. He keeps them quote in the flock and oh you could you uh, this is too rhymy. Like yeah. he keeps them in the flock kind of okay. in a way that is comfortable for everyone. I mean, there's no there's no you know like if you're in <laughs> if you're in Greg Locke's church I think they're going to be people oh. that go, people that go, okay, he go, that, you know, they, that person got a screw loose. Were you going to rhyme flock with lock? I wasn't, but it, <laughs> the thought did cross my head. I was waiting for the t-shirt slogan yeah. to come and it, it never came. Me and the listeners are disappointed. Is Andy Stanley doing a, a full throated defense of the, the God-given right to carry an AR-15? No. 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 But, I, but, you know, I think the people that... Based on I, what we heard, they're more inclined to be absolutist on that than not. And again, I didn't come to defend Andy Stanley, but I, I believe that Andy Stanley and Greg Locke are in the same profession, but they're competitors. Oh, for <laughs> I don't sure. think there's a friendly competition going on between them. They're actual competitors. Well, and you Greg I mean? Locke would see Andy as a Absolutely heretic. Absolutely as a false because prophet. Because he doesn't Demon do the pedophile, altar call. Blah, blah, right. whatever. You know. Right. Yeah, yeah. It probably votes Democrat. But my point on Andy Stanley is their theology still, you know, is anti-woman, is anti-gay, is very patriarchal. Well, it's Bible-based, so it's all you can. Well, and, and where you where you find the rest of the story, um, as they Paul say, Harvey. Paul Harvey, is when you go to the um, oh, what do they call them? Where they get together in homes, like Bible study classes okay. or whatever. Yeah, in the home. I mean, that's where they go into the theology. But if you just Show up at the services. No, you're not going to find a Turner Burn kind of message at all. It's very light and fluffy, and the hard sell comes at the one-on-one session. Right. I'm, yeah, I'm not quite sure how this is tying into my shell. The fundamentalist win because, in a way, though, I mean, Andy Stanley has won because look how large his church is. Isn't the moderate the base that holds up the fundamentalist in every religion? No. 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 I, I would love to hear an example of that. In Islam, you may not be the type that's willing to drop dynamite on yourself, but you'll put a poster of somebody who did and martyr them in, in your business window. Um, I would, uh, so, I, first of all, that's probably the most, like, the harshest way to, like, to, you know, that's like starting Catholicism at, like, you know, the Spanish Inquisition. Oh, I was like, child rape. <laughs> you know, okay, child rape or Spanish you know, Inquisition, either um, one. <laughs> but but, like, but that, that does, first of all, that feels but more I, political. That, like That's always been an argument in, in, in you know, like, Muslim terrorists, Islamic terrorists, is that it's, it's, it's not the mass amount of fundamentalists that there are. It's the base of moderates that also will agree, you know, like in, when... And I'm literally pulling a country and a statistic out of my ass when a country says that, you know, 93 percent of that country says that death is the the right 
sentence for somebody that leaves the religion or All something. Right, so like that. I, I, I you know still, I mean? I mean, that that sounds. I mean, that's like now they might it, they might not be fundamentalists themselves, but they hold on to those type values. I, I you know. I, I wonder. I mean, what you're talking about, like, is the Taliban, you know, or the, you know, like the, the most hardcore sex, sex that, you know, yeah. that are in a given religion. What about, I mean, why always use um, okay. uh, Muslims? Why can't we, why can't we use I, them here? Yeah. Right. Like, why can't we use them here? The, because take, take that completely out of the equation we'll talk about just here in Christianity. With the fact that, say, 50 years ago, more than 50% of the country would say they were religious or, or followed some re- religion as opposed to today. Are those fundamentalists, were they more power or did they have access to more power 50 years ago than they would today? Being that you have, okay, say, say fundamentalists did win. Say the fundies did win. They did. Okay. Is, but what did they win? They, they won a smaller portion of the pie today no, no, than no, what was available no. to them in the 70s, say, for example. Okay, so uh, let me step back a second. And okay. one of the things that, that she defined in her article was a definition of fundamentalism, which, you know, you can look in the dictionary under Christian fundamentalism, and it's going back to the inerrancy of the Bible, literal interpretation, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. But I like where she goes with it, where she says she's come to understand it as a structure of reality and architecture of creation. And, okay, if it is anything at all, fundamentalism is a, is a profound commitment to an ordered, hierarchical universe. Fundamentalism is not just a worldview of the universe, not as a belief that gives meaning to the universe, but fundamentalism is an order and hierarchy deemed to be the very nature of created existence. Follow that through to where we are today. I mean, with what's going on with the anti-abortion, with what's going on with uh, you know, the patriarchy and the... Yeah. All of that. I mean, you gotta be a little more specific about the patriarchy. Well, the whole statement he read before that just basically was accepting patriarchy as the norm. It is apologetics for patriarchy, basically. Hey, it's not our fault that God's male, but he, that's the way he set it up. Right. Sucks being you. I'm saying you know? so that's reflected in the evangelical church, but it's also reflected in our politics. If you looked at the, uh, the Republican Party, Yes, there's a few, there's, you know, a number of females that are part of that, but they're not holding the power like the white men are in that party. And that's no. kind of their hierarchy. Same thing with... But then again, do they care? Does I mean, who cause care? Because you, you, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not agreeing with it. Like, I'm agreeing, you know, defending Andy Stanley and, you know, and here, comes, here, comes, <laughs> here comes Mr. Patriarchy. But when you, you say it like it's a bad thing... What's... At, uh, Ar- the, hierarchy? Yeah, like the the patriarchal hierarchy. You you are you are saying it like it's a like it's a it's well, I can't say biblical fact, but yeah. accepted well, it, that it is on, that yeah. it is accepted truth. Do the people in Christianity? Do the women it in is. there? I mean, it, that, think it that, says that in the Bible wait, right, that but, women are a second class citizen to men. Right, but even but but even it's, it's pretty clear. But they don't. They not too many women now are going to say are going to be yep. I'm 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 glad to be, you know, a, a second-class citizen to my husband. Now there are very there are. active social media channels. Transformed wife. Yeah, like all of that stuff. Absolutely, is is a, she transformed directly into a doormat because that's all all she is is just you know somebody to wipe your but, feet on. But Jeff, you say it you say it like it's an accepted truth or an accepted evil. There are a lot of women in or behind that wall. Are they okay, prisoners? Well, are, are they prisoners of it, or are they okay with I, not not can, not the not the patriarchy as you define it? Because you hippie ass abortion loving uh, yeah, BLM killer. woke egalitarian yeah, woke ass <laughs> right woke ass liberal libtard you do not you do not speak for me and my family and my values. They don't necessarily they don't. Define it as you know what I'm living under the patriarchy. And I'm kind of tired of having my husband's yeah. boot on my neck, or the family structure and the way that I was raised, and you know probably the you know probably church in the Bible. There's a lot of women that are okay with this. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, you see mm-hmm. examples after examples. I mean, if you look at our warrior poet friend, they, they you know, came out of the Woodstock Baptist Church. So it's not an Andy Stanley type of church, but it's a mega church. And if you look at his family structure now, he is the headship. He is the defender. He's the one that has the AR-15 style weapons. He's trying to teach everybody how to, how to use. His wife stays at the home. She's homeschooling the kids. So, yes, there is a hierarchical structure. If you asked her, she would probably say that's the way God intends it. I don't want to go against God's law. So she makes herself happy with that, I'm imagining. I don't think she, you know, goes through, you know, the day is like, God damn, why why am I doing this? If we could, can we let Jerry talk some more? Because the more he talks, the more he makes my case (laughs) that the moderates are building the base that the fundamentalists are are winning on. Because the women that go, that continue to go along to get along in these church situations— are not moderate? No. If they don't believe in the patriarchy, but they're going along with it, aren't they help propping it up? They're, they believe in the patriarchy because they're... I honestly don't think all women that go to church are full-on okay with patriarchy. Well, they wouldn't call it that. Is that your point, right. Jerry? This is not their term. This right. is not their right. concept. Right. But when the preacher starts preaching about, you know, the woman is to submit to her husband as she is to, to submit to, you know, the Lord. Yeah, but Andy, Andy, kind of Andy Stanley's never going to say that. They roll their fucking eyes at, at that. Right. Some, some women in the pews roll their eyes at that. Right. But, but that, they but go that's, along but that's with what it. That's what churches. I'm saying. That is that is the base I don't that think allows that, but, but they're that still to going exist. to that church, and, and I don't exactly. think they're moderate. Uh, who are they going to vote for? Who are they right. going to vote yeah. for here? They're right. going to vote for Kemp, or they're going to vote for Stacey Abrams. Right. They're going to vote for. They're going to vote for. Vote for a, a, a rock head, Herschel Walker, or are they mm-hmm. going to vote for an actual pastor? If oh, you, no. if you're no, he, then then if that's the case, he's the wrong kind of pastor. You're not. You're not. You're not a <sighs> moderate. He's not. He's. You're not a moderate. Right. So so who are the moderates then? I guess is my question. I, I How are you that, defining that's that? A, you know, it feels like a. Like a fake term. Like every time you every time you hear moderate, particularly in terms of politics, it's really somebody that's just slightly Republican. And it's a safe word. It's a safe word for people that don't necessarily want to be seen as too extreme in either direction. Yeah. You know, because because the people that are going to these churches and, you know, kind of living that life, if they talk to you, Jeff, they're probably going to sound as moderate as they possibly can. And they might even say that they're a moderate because who in polite company is against a moderate? If you right. walk in being the, a walking version of a MAGA hat, when you when you talk to people like-minded people, you're in good. If yeah. you talked to one of us, it you know it'd be like, mm, okay. The fuck face. But then yeah. again, if I walked in with the AOC is great T-shirt, you know there might be a sliver of people that are like you know fist bumping me and everybody else going, who let them in? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hashtag resist T-shirt. Yep. <laughs> but the fund, but the you know the the premise, Jeff, of you know the 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 quote fundies winning they're 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 starting to run up the score and the, the, <laughs> so they're like I, a Nebraska team from the eighties yeah with hundred and seventy five <laughs> scholarship athletes so it's Pride Month and almost every sports team now will do like a rainbow flag version of their logo and have you know like like sincere, well-intentioned, you know, uh, message about pride. Like I read one, I read one from the Lions and basically it said football is for everyone. It's a really nice statement. And yeah, everybody's social media guy is putting out something on Twitter. Everybody. And, you know, it is, it's about as kind of innocuous as it gets, you know, and they do it, you know, it seems like they do it kind of in good faith. And mm-hmm. I started to notice this year more and more comments, and I started looking at other teams just to see if it wasn't like a one-off. Why do you got to get involved in that? Yeah. Why do you got to talk about that? Why do the gay stuff? Now the Lions are woke. Big time. The Lions yeah. hashtag is is one pride. And it's like, hey, you're one pride, not gay pride. Oh, and, ooh, and mm, slam. Look at, and going around... To all these other teams, there's more and more like outright 
what's with the gay stuff? What's yeah. with the, why are you, be, why do you need to be so woke? Or really, it's why are you kissing the ass of these people who mm-hmm. I don't agree with? And there's a, there's, there's a, and maybe it's just fueled by decades of social media now that people are a little more inclined to get, you know, their hackles up publicly and, and, and challenge these things. That feels like an extension of the fundamentalist win. You can't even you can't even let them well, post like do a tweet celebrating pride and you're you're all pissed off about it. Right. Yeah. I'm going to say this kind of goes back to me is you know when Trump ran for office and then eventually became president the people under the rocks were always there. They just felt it was safe to come out and talk. Well, yeah, and so you know and they want to win the country back. So, you know, they're going to do but, anything. And, what, and, and, and that means what? That, what? First of all, because when you say that, they, they want to, quote, win the country back. Or take which the country is, which back. Assumes, They're not going to win yeah. it. Which right, assumes yeah. that, they, that, that somebody has lost something. They have. They, 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 they have it, lost. It's been, it's, been ta- it's been taken away and really, it's, like right. the election, stolen. Right. It's, it's, it's this leave it to beaver, Mayberry RFD dream world that they believe used to exist in America that they want to go back. Well, it did in certain parts, but... Yeah. You well, know. And, they, and they see equality as a, as a pie, in other words, you know, back in There's the only 50s, so much to go around. they yeah. had the whole pie, and now you have all these different groups of, of people wanting to have a piece of my pie. They don't see it as, you know, everybody being on an equal basis. Everybody has their own pie. You know, they, they, they see it as you're taking my pie. It's interesting, that Jeff, that you use the pie analogy, because I don't think they see it that way. How do you um, think they see it? Right, because... Because that would be too, that would almost be too overt, you know, because, because if you would look at it in, in any reasonable way, they had, the people complaining about it had a lot of the pie to begin with. Yeah, and I don't pie. think they, I don't think they co- are coming right out and saying like, like, hey, we want more of the, we want more of the pie. Because that would be greedy. Because that'd be, that'd be like sitting at a, that'd be like six, eight people around a pie and mm-hmm. giving three quarters of it to one person. Yeah. They, nobody, nobody would say that because that would seem greedy. What they say is, I want it to go back the way it was. Right. I want it to go the way when it was easier. And there mm. wasn't, you know, we didn't have to worry about being so woke or afraid and that we didn't, you know, we didn't, we didn't have to do BLM because all lives yeah. matter. But like the pie is a little too, a little too overt. They want, they always harken back to a simpler time when I had all the pie. And pretty much, like, I, and I'm you, pretty much, and in you charge. had none. Three quarters bullshit. I want it all. Right. right. <laughs> but they'll never back in say the day when you weren't a person and you had no claim to pie. That's where we want to go back. Right. right. But they never would say that. That'd be way too overt. Oh, no. Well, of course not. They, yeah. don't, they don't see it that way. But, I mean, that's the way they're uh, living it, though. That's the way they're politicizing it. I mean, it is quite apparent that that's what they want to do. They want their pie back. They're threatened by uh, other people taking a piece of their pie because that upsets the hierarchy of the universe. Oh, oh, heavy. There Dude. You go. Yeah. The hierarchy of the universe. <laughs> But yeah, you're going back saying you know patriarchy wouldn't be a word they would appreciate or, or use, but hierarchy I think they would they would get because God's at the top of the structure. Yeah, they got that whole umbrella. Thing it's a it's a pyramid. God, it's a pyramid. Father, you know. Well, what religion is not? Yeah, that's that's true. Even Buddhism is hierarchical. Yeah, and patriarchal. And what religion isn't hierarchical that leads to a guy at the top? Well, multiple, I mean, you know. multiple guys. Or, or multiple, multiple guys. guys? Yeah. Is, is there a female-dominated religion where all things come I from? I mean, the... Um, uh-oh, Abby. Oh, shit. Squirrel alert. Squirrel alert. Sorry about that. Didn't, didn't mean to uh, set off the, the one female-worshipping uh, dog in the, in the uh, neighborhood. <laughs> Wait, where were we? I lost my train of thought with the barks set me off. How dare you? There's ISIS. There's. 
What, what was the last thought? The female there? worst big dog has sounded off. Uh, oh, so. oh, well, so, she is. A, you know what? She didn't like that. That, no, that thread of she conversation. Was not a fan of that line of questioning. It's basically her <laughs> calling out the patriarchal bullshit of this so, podcast. <laughs> so I know for a while the Episcopal Church had a female lead. I forget what they, is it a bishop? I forget what they call the top person there. Whatever, and I can't remember her name, but yeah. So they did. I don't know if they still do or if they have, you know, who else they have in there right now. But so I guess as far as denominations, probably the Episcopal Church would be the most. What's um, the, uh, I went to a, um, I'll give you a side note, a little walk down memory lane. Went to a Lutheran service one time in my life. And there was a female, basically priest. It was have you ever been, Jerry, have you ever been to a Lutheran service? Not that I can recall. I hope I'm not, I'm, I'm not recalling this wrong. Oh, no, they have, they have. But it's basically Catholic light. Right. Well, so is Very much Episcopal. Catholic. Like, right. Like, like, as they were going through the service, I was going, and also with you. Yeah. I, I knew what to say, when to say it. Kind muscle of a thing, muscle you know? memory. Yeah. It was, it was like, oh, I was on cue, you know. And. But there was a woman leading the entire. Oh, they've service. done that for for decades. So has but, the Presbyterian Church, the Presbyterian Church USA. You know the and and progressive I'll, side. I'll put it as even somebody who wasn't in the fold, so to speak. The patriarchal nature of religion, that in and of itself was weird. It was a weird experience having a woman lead a religious service like that. Growing up Catholic, I'll just put it that way. Yeah, I can it, understand that because that just yeah. wasn't done. It was, yeah, it was. Right. Just, yeah, now we and had. And by the we, way, it still isn't. Where right. women would, you know, would would do readings. They they were part of the service. They would help pass out the communion, that kind of stuff. But not the actual. I mean, they didn't have the lead role. You know what I mean? So that that was a little weird. So it happened. There there, there can be some egalitarian churches out there. Not in, not many that are that are super thriving. and none of them are on the Supreme Court. But if nothing right. else, it it shows that even though you are not a staunch believer and in the fold, that so to speak, just the cultural whatever it it affected me. You know, thinking back about it. Yeah, but it it's, it's not it's not influenced society as a yeah. fundamentalist church has influenced society. Exactly. But they play the long game, and they have, they have goals, and and they're good at sticking to the long game. They're never, you know, they're not, they're not arguing, you know, the finer points of things. No, like ever. Like there's, there's, there's rarely a lot of nuance in fundamentalist positions, you know. And when uh, you extrapolate, nature, right? Well, like when you extrapolate that to politics and policy, that's when you get. You're not a real American if you don't own an AR-15 and anti-trans bills and, you know, uh, abortion soon to be... A thing of the past. Uh, yeah. After... And, and is it Uvalde? Yeah. So, so it, there does feel... There does seem to be a little bit more anger, not just accepting that type of situation is our reality although same thing with sandy hook dead elementary school children pack a bigger punch than moviegoers concert goers nightclub attendees church or any, anything else yeah, these, yeah yeah these hurt more yeah but you say angry who's which side is angry i don't think it's the republican side of the equation that's angry they'll do the thoughts and prayers Oh, they're, but they're, they're not angry, and, and and that's the thing too is you know there's all this expectation and you know, oh now it's different. There's going to be some negotiation with those on the right. No, we're no. gonna you know we're no. gonna compromise no. and nope. no never happened. And, and, and never when you happen. talk about fundamentalism, is like no, they have those you know ideas of the universe. And ownership of a gu- of a gun, Second Amendment, is a non-negotiable fundamentalist right. So there's no way they're going to go back to putting a pause on the sale of AR-15 style weapons. The, the problem in that is all you did was rattle off what their position is. Not what you stand for, 
or what your side stands for or what we are not going to tolerate because you could have played the long game after Sandy Hook and nobody did. After Sandy Hook, if there was not change, there will not be change. Yeah, there, what year, what I'm, year I'm was sorry. that? I'm sorry. 2012. That's what I'm saying. How many years ago was Sandy Hook? Yeah, and there, there has not been reasonable gun control legislation passed. Right. But my, right. Somebody but they, went but in and killed they, multiple. Right. Because, you know, because the Democrats and their supporters gave up. Yep. Well, that was that was my question. In 2012, what was the structure of Congress? I know Obama was president, but what was the structure of the Senate and the uh, House? I, I, I don't. I don't. I, I, don't, I don't know. Think Obama ever had a sympathetic Senate. But you know what? It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Like like it like it doesn't matter because even at that time there could have been the same long term purposeful strategy like the like abortion opponents have had for decades mm-hmm. and the and that that our side never pushed it always gave up the quote moderates that kind of ran the party and in a lot of ways still do when biden said that uh you know he could talk with you know mitch mcconnell and john cornyn that's game you know that, that's like it's like game set and match with him and his people in charge of the Democratic Party because you've already you've already given up. Well, and, and it goes back to that word tolerance. You know, going back to that 1922 sermon, thinking that everybody needs to just tolerate different views, and that's kind of what Biden was doing: is saying, you know, the Republican Party has some views that we can consider. Well, you know, yeah, but maybe, that, you know what? I, I give you a different word though, uh, and that's capitulation. Okay. Because yeah. because that because that's what it, that's what it feels like. Yeah. And you know the other part of this is there's so much terrible news flooding you and your your you know your ability to absorb it all that there's like a shutdown mode. Oh, for like, sure. Like an ignore. Like you know what? It's it's some version. It's of you know la 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 la. Like I cannot. I can't listen to it anymore. And I understand it. I get there. I sympathize with it. But it is death to ever getting anything done. Because at that point, you're not capitulating, but you are, you are, you're kind of rationalizing. And you're trying to do what you, can, what you can do to get through the next day or the next news cycle or you turn your phone off for three days, and it doesn't change the problem. You've just you've just ignored it for a while. The, we're we're, we're recording this a day after the Tulsa shooting, where a guy went in and bought the AR-15 the that day, day he went and shot those killed those people at the hospital. The same day that two other mass shootings happened, the exact same time as the Tulsa shooting, and I bet you a hundred dollars you can't name either one of them. Uh, I can, but because uh, I was well, following never, it. Never but... mind, bets off the table. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I can't. You know I can't keep because, it yeah. because I, for for better or for worse, yeah. I I I keep sometimes too close, you know, too close to track of that. But what there is, there's never been, you know, other than maybe Senator Chris Murphy, nobody's saying, why the fuck should anybody. Be able to walk in and buy a weapon of war like that, like when, oh. like, like when when Better O'Rourke yeah, got in their face, it. I I could yeah. not. Now he might now. Now here's 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 your here's the police your, here's acted your, faster at that press conference than they ever did at that school. Here's your gloomy here's your gloomy scenario. I I've, I I was just like you know like getting up and just fist pumping mm-hmm. about about him doing that. Yeah. Yep. If he gets beat by five, six, seven points, all you're gonna hear are the quote smart people saying that what he, he did yeah. cost him an election. And he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna you know, if he if he wouldn't have done that, he would have had a better chance as opposed to firing up your side, which is the Stacey Abrams strategy, is fire up your side to vote. As opposed to 
oh, we don't want to piss anybody off, or we have we have some real real difficult intractable positions on the other side, so we're just gonna fade away, just like the Republicans did with with abortion. You know, kept at it, kept at it, kept at it, kept at it, made it happen. We never have done that with guns ever. What what was the word you said instead of tolerance? You had a different word. Capitulation. 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 But I mean, the voter. I mean, we we talk about the politicians, but the voters are doing the same fucking thing. I mean, when you see the surveys that, that you know, so they will say on surveys, you know, the vast majority of people want Roe v. Wade to stay in place. The vast majority of people want want background gun control checks. and background yeah, and you know want to do something about automatic weapons, etc. But they're the ones that have the power. I don't, you know, now there's gerrymandering and all that kind of stuff that makes it very difficult, but they still, the voter still has the power to vote those people out if they want those things put in place. But they capitulate on, on those issues time after time. We'll see if 2022 is going to be any different, but I'm not holding my breath. You know, I wish I I had confidence that this was going to be a different time with, you know, this the stark reality that we're waking up to here. But I, you know, I, I just don't have a lot of confidence in the voters. And that's that's sad. I hope they prove you wrong. I, I do, too. I, yeah, I really do. I, I do, but. too. I mean, you, you would think this time is different. You know, 50 years later, they're undoing Roe v. Wade. Well... Yeah, we'll, we'll find out this you, month. How, how much? How much? Yeah. Did, how much did that? How much do you think that's going to come up in uh, in the the uh, Georgia Senate um, race and in the it, governor's race? As far as Warnock and Abrams, it ought to come up in no, every no, 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 talk no. that they not, do. No, 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 not not what it what, what you think it should. Is it going to? Capitulate, <sighs> man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's that's well, been first, kind of first the, of all, Walker's not going to debate. Warnock at all, period. He won't debate anybody, which is if if I was his campaign manager, that would be my number one prong. I mean, that, that, that would be what I would base the campaign on. We're not debating anybody. The, the less this guy talks, absolutely the better. So, yeah, because I'm sure, you know, Fox News is not playing the clips that we heard about and stuff. No, and, no, and everything. I want to look at it, and I like I like to look at it and everything and stuff and stuff. Yeah, which literally, I yeah, think even if somebody, they do, even if they do, they'll talk around it. No, but somebody, I honestly think somebody that has more time on their hands than me should go to any public appearance that he makes with a bullhorn, and after he finishes every sentence. And stuff and on the stuff. Bowl, you know. They won't know what the and hell you're talking stuff. about because yeah. they would never heard that's, that. Clip. That's true. They won't. Right. But get that. We should get Warnock, you know, atheist for Warnock T-shirts on the back and and stuff on the front and stuff it. Yeah, and sell those. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, that's the thing. I know, like, I listened to Pod Save America. I haven't listened in a while, so I don't know if they've changed their. Strategy. I know before they were saying that all we need to do to win is to come out with programs that help the average voter. And and so that's the kind of strategy that I think is a losing strategy in these in these. Yeah, times. I was going to say I'm I'm turning off already. I, I'm, yeah, <laughs> you, you've already lost me because that's uh, not that's not what the other no. side is voting on at all. They're not voting for that stuff. Why can't why can't why can't you do more popular things though? Other well, than the fact that we've got a, we've got a, I don't know how old is how old is the president? Seventy nine, eighty. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know why why isn't anybody saying enough? Make weed legal. Why, why is why not? I mean, if I it's as, if it's as quote overwhelmingly popular yeah. as it yep. is, yep. then why aren't you campaigning on on not only making weed legal, but but if, if if Biden came out and said day one after I'm reelected I'll make le- weed well, legal. Well, he doesn't have the power to How do many, that. It'd have to be a a law passed for that. But they would they would turn off all the federal like like we said before in here. Color in Colorado, weed is legal, but federally it's not. If they turned off the federal thing, it would open up a lot of stuff for business. You know, in, in Colorado, it's it, you know, but. 
Right, but we get, but you they got, you know, Schumer pushing eighty, Nancy Pelosi yeah. in I think in her eighties, Biden pushing eighty. There's a law that says you have to be a certain age to be the president. You cannot be president of the United States unless you're 34 or older, which basically says that you need a certain amount of life experience before you're qualified to take this job. Why is there not a cutoff at the other end for when, any politician's job? I think when Why they, is there not? A, like, Look, hey, I'm, I'm glad you made it to your 80s. Go sit on a fucking rocking chair. Well, okay, so I, I think in the founding you know, of our country, nobody lived much past the age exactly. of 50 or 60, so they didn't have to worry about it. 40, 40 was like middle age. Right. That, that guy's ancient. But yeah, we are literally ruled by 80-year-olds. Yeah, but... but yeah, we're, hey, there's progressive 80-year-olds, you know. We've, but we voted, but, but we, like the, the literal we, all voted for him. Yeah. And, you know, because... The alternative was was unfathomable. So unfortunately, we got what like we did. We had we had we had no choice on it. Pretty much no choice in the matter once the once once the primary was over. But I mean, if we if anybody ever thought he was going to stop, you know, quote reaching across the aisle, right. they, they were they were smoking dope. Every time I hear that phrase, I, I, it's like it's like just. Tossing kittens at a chalkboard. It's it's just, it's, it's screeching. It, it drives me insane. It's, it's like you've got one side that's saying we're going to try to reach across the aisle and find common ground that, that we can work upon. And the other side is saying our opponents are pedophile demons. You know, it, it's, it's insane. And fuck it, the rules. Yeah. Yeah. You've got no chance. Well, not fuck the rules, but we're going to change. We're going to, we're going to. Push the rules to their to their limits, right? And when we don't like them, we're going to change them. Yeah, because they used One to be. One of the funniest things I saw who uh, here here in Georgia, we had our our Republican gubernatorial um, primary race and primary last week, and not only did our current governor just trounce the Trump appointed opponent for him in David Perdue. But also Candace Taylor, Mrs. Guns, Bibles, and Babies, got less than like 5% of the vote. But that's still scary to me. 4% of how many? That's a lot of people that... But she started claiming there was voter fraud. You lost by 50 fucking points, lady. Yeah, but 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 that, that becomes part of the... That just becomes part it's, of the big. It's, it's like a knee-jerk reaction. Yeah. Well, it's like yeah. she—it's like she had the, the the whole voter fraud in place. Well, Trump said and that. Could not pull the trigger on it. Trump you know said I mean? that. He said nobody yeah. wins seventy percent in a primary. It's got to be voter fraud. He, you know. So oh, there you right. go. But, it, but instead of hey. instead of like instead of like His idle l- Putin l- gets l- better than seventy percent. Like lamenting it though. Yeah. I mean, it's super fucking dangerous. Yep. Like it is like I, I'm not I'm not sure anybody is ready on on quote our side is ready for the next couple of years. I, I don't I don't I, I really I no. honestly don't no. think I don't think that that they either wanna believe or it's they, they, they don't believe it can happen. Maybe there's this this American exceptionalism still kinda kind of burned in their head like you know that that that's not who we are and that, that you know we are. it, can, it yeah. can't happen here which are you know laments of every place where it showed that people who they really were and that it could happen here and the look they're 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 playing they're they're playing for keeps and there's not a there's not this there's no fairness no. baked in. There's no, no. there's no nope. civic pride. There's no, there's no greater values of being an American. It is, it is completely tribal. It is it us and them. And, you know, absolutely crush, crush the enemy and slander it, them. And it's like we're playing checkers and they're playing Call of Duty. Well. You know, it, it's a completely different fucking game. Yeah, but 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 it would be, and there and and I think they're I think they're afraid. Um, 
and maybe with good reason, because the mainstream medium will just slander the Democrats if they fought in the same way, because there there is a complete double standard um, in that respect. But, you know, it's not... I think it has the potential to be ugly in ways that that no one really wants to wants to to grasp because it's yeah. not it's not a it's not a great topic. You, no. You're not a you're not a hit no. at parties when you start talking about this stuff or in or in signal <laughs> chats <laughs> or when you bring this up yeah. or in oh fuck or in, there he goes again right exactly exactly. <laughs> well, Can and, I just and, enjoy and, my wine and Netflix and not get one of these? Just um, horrific threats. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to turn this off for the night. <laughs> uh, I'll give you an example. It's like our our signal chat got overwhelmed by Johnny Depp and Amber Heard chat today. And I literally just toned out for like six hours. Because I'm like, you are not getting me involved in this in, in the by, ninth by, inning. By the I'm, way. It, there's two outs in the ninth inning. I am not coming into the game now. By the I'm way. Sorry. Yeah. What a great example. What a great example of the patriarchy in <laughs> full fucking force like just i full I on. still i have i have no i have no context i have no reference you're, i, I you're, refuse you're i a refuse coward. to pay attention you're a I coward refu- and you're lying out your ass the, the only thing that is in a lower supply than my knowledge of the Johnny Depp Amber Heard issue is my care is for your, the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard issue. Yeah. That care part's actually worse because that's going to, you know, speaking of media, first of all, I didn't know that the ACLU wrote her wrote her op-ed, but the Washington Post wrote the headline and she retweeted it and she got nicked for something that she didn't even, that, that was in her name, but she didn't write. And... They, I, I'm surprised, surprised on how how typical the process was, but how different the two, three years after Me Too is going after the woman. Going after the woman. She's crazy. She's an abuser. Three years ago, would Johnny Depp have gotten off when Harvey Weinstein and and Bill Cosby and Guys were getting fired for being misogynist assholes. And not too many years later, the full force of media and social media came down on Team Patriarchy, baby. And I'm sure there's a lot of there's a lot of people with, you know, boss bitch and uh, in their in their profiles, full on Team Johnny Depp. So, you know, the patriarchy, patriarchy, big victory this week. Big victory for the patriarchy. Before it turns into a complete signal chat, do you have anything to to either recommend or cause for hope? I have no hope. I'm I'm quite hopeless. Because it kills. Yeah. Hope, hope kills. Hope kills. Yeah. Because I I was going to bring into the conversation, but I'll just I'll just put it in here now. Is the book that I just started reading is called Laboratories of Autocracy: A Wake Up Call from Behind the Lines. This this um, is written by uh, David Pepper, and he was a politician. I think I don't know if he still is or not from Ohio. Kind of talking about you know the, the transition of Ohio to being kind of the 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 true heartland, you know of of America, a mixture of urban and rural, you know, and a very moderate kind of state to where it's you know so it was kind of bluish, tinges of purple. Um, but it's turned red, and it's all because of state politicians, you know, the state houses. That's the kind of the, the, the forgotten thing. When Whenever we talk politics, we're mainly talking about... On a national scale. National scale. Yeah. We're turning a blind eye, and, and talk about long game. And that's, that's Republicans have done... Turn it back to the states. Yep. State and, and local. States. I mean, you know, they're going down yep. to the school boards and all that. Yep. So the gerrymandering is all at the state level. So all, you know, all these Marjorie Taylor Greens and the Jim Jordans and all that kind of bullshit, that's from the, the state representatives. And that's what we've kind of been turning a blind eye to. 
weather, you know, and we have that going on in, in so many states. It, it happened in Michigan. It happened in Pennsylvania. It happened in Wisconsin. It happened in, well, Georgia's been kind of... Gee, those sound like a bunch of states that went one way in one election and went one way in another election and kind of decided things. Right, right. Well, and then, yeah, I mean, then you put politicians in charge of, um, you know, the, the voting and things can turn just like Trump was trying to do in, in uh, 2020. I don't think I don't think everyone's ready for, for widespread um, actual election fraud and and every every vote being contested and, you know, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. partisan poll workers and, yeah. you know, like, I don't think I don't think many people are ready for that. And they're not aware of it. I mean, it's off the, off the radar. I don't know if you said it's on the radar. If you pay attention. Yeah. What is the dangling Chad of 2024? It's going to you be know. 2022. 2022, yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah. And it's going to be, you know, it's, but it's going to be... what is the dimpled Chad, the dangling Chad? It's going to be the, goon know. squads. Yeah. It's going to be goon squads and police yep. and yep. people yep. challenging, you know, like, oh, you know, your your driver's license is old. You are, you are not going to be able to vote or mm-hmm. you don't pass whatever this this test is. That it's It's going to be... Death by a million little cuts like that. You've well, got there, an there's outstanding a, library fine. Well, there was an article that I posted in our in one of our signal chats about what's going on in Michigan, about where the, the they had tapes that revealed the GOP. They have a plan to contest elections because they're going to place operatives as poll workers. So they're going to put plants in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know. They're they're not playing by the well. I guess that you know. I say play by, play by the rules. Are the but Republicans playing dirty? Are you making accusations mm-hmm. that the Republicans mm-hmm. are actually playing dirty? Not very moderate. How of you, Jeff. dare you, sir? But How I'm d- saying, you know, this is going on at the state level that we are not paying this is close going enough on the attention county to. Level. This county is, level, right? Yeah. Right. This is very yeah. Yep. All right. Well, that's not exactly a a, that's a, not a beacon of hope. Uh, a, a, a shining light yeah. to end on. Uh, Don, <laughs> Don, lighten up the pod. Please. You guys are always watching the shows. There's so many shows. It's ridiculous. Are some feel-good um, shows out there? No, none of them. No, I, no, I don't no. watch feel-good shows. Oh, I'll I, I tell you, there, there's, there's a couple of them, and we've mentioned them on here before. Uh, Under the Banner of Heaven just wrapped up, or it wraps up tonight. Actually, the last episode airs tonight. That's one. Of, that's one that I've I've avoided waiting for it to finish so I can binge it. That is that is my weekend uh, little pleasure coming up. Um, we own this city. Have you heard about that? That's a, a it's a small six part series HBO Max. It's basically the sixth season of The Wire. It's about. Police Corruption in Baltimore. It's written by David Simon, the guy, the creator of The Wire. Uh, some of the some of the actors, although playing different parts from The Wire, are in this as well too. Uh, that uh, just wrapped up this last week, and also that is on my agenda for this weekend. That still doesn't sound feel good, though. I have it. It's not. It's not feel. I good. have it. It's not feel good. And, and, I don't. And it's I don't legit. do feel good. I have, right, I have an actual. Like I could give you a bunch of podcasts. That uh, are not. In I this need thing. podcast. I'm. I'm literally. I'm caught up on every podcast feed I have I in, in my feed. Everything's caught. I have nothing in my queue. I'm gonna send you. Wow. Uh, I will. I will send oh. you. I'll send you a bunch. But oh. I cannot recommend. It's on Netflix. And it's an animated okay. movie. And it's called okay. The Mitchells versus the Machines. And you cannot recommend it. it. Cannot recommend. Cannot it recommend enough. it enough. Enough. Okay. Enough. Um, enough. It's it is it, it is probably the best movie. Uh, it's a it's it's a it's a family comedy, but it is the the animation is incredible. The mm. stories are the story is great. The music is great. Um, basically, the family has to stick together during a robot apocalypse. Oh, <laughs> oh, and it's it is it's heartwarming it's like laugh out loud funny mm. um but 
so well done. And dang, you will. What's the name of it again? It's called the Mitchells versus the Machines, and I've been sitting on this one for a while. Um, But it is a a fantastic movie. Like you know, nine out of ten. Dang. Well, I may watch it again this weekend. That that sounds like something I want to watch. That be my be my be my escape. I got a I got another one real quick. Um, It's something actually it, it popped up in my Twitter feed. And I and I looked into it and checked it out. It's coming out, I believe, July. It's next month, I believe, is when it's released. It's called, and you'll like this, it's called Jerry and Marge Go Large. It's Brian Cranston and I want to, I told my wife it was Ellen Burson. Yeah, they're like Burson. thieves, it's, right? It's Annette Benning. They he he figures out that there is a glitch in the lottery system that can be manipulated. And they manipulate the shit out of it, and that and that's what the and it's based on a true story. Larry Wilborn from uh, from uh, Comedy Central uh, is in it. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Brian Cranston from Breaking Bad. It looks awesome. I can't wait for next month to roll around. I'm looking forward to this. Look, Where's it going to really pop up on? I believe it's it's. Uh, I'm going to say Hulu, but there's about no, I think a fifty percent chance that's right. It may be. I can't I remember. It's, it's it's on one of the streaming services. But like I said, it popped up on my on my uh, Twitter feed, and and it was one of those where like, do I want to click on this? Uh, mm. I go ahead. And, and 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 I've watched the trailer, and it looks like it's going to be good. And what's it called again? It's called Jerry and Marge. Jerry and Marge. Okay. Go large. <laughs> All right, that sounds good too. That so sounds there'll, be like a, a there'll be a quiz. There'll be a quiz on the Mitchells versus the Machines in two weeks. There All we right. Go. All right, definitely. And we'll see y'all then. Take care. Frankie is my friend and love and rockets are my